Growth Igniters Radio, episode 55, using outsourcing to stay relevant to your customers. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. Once again, it's really great to join you for yet another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And if this is your first time listening out there, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspirations, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to take themselves and their companies to that next level of success. So Pam, what are we taking on today? Using outsourcing to stay relevant to your customers. Okay. Those of you who know us may recall our 2012 study where we asked 89 CEOs and senior executives in companies of all sizes about three-year trends related to strategic alliances. Now, at the time, we were surprised to find that over half of our respondents considered outsourcing to be a form of strategic alliance. And almost three quarters of the businesses under 100 million in revenues projected outsourcing would become a greater part of their growth strategy over the next three years. Fast forward, here we are, it's 2016. That's happened. Mm -hmm. And yet for as much as that is happening, there are still a lot of nuances to the decision about what to outsource, as well as what it takes to lead an organization that depends on outsourcing so that it truly is relevant to their markets and customers. No, that's absolutely true. And those easily overlooked nuances are pretty much certainly behind the fact that still, after all these years, only about half of all outsourced relationships meet respondents' expectations. Which is relevance. That's absolutely true. And you can access this study uh, by going to the resources section on Growth Igniters Radio, episode 55. And this whole focus on relevance is why we are so glad to be bringing back today's guest, Jim Blasingame, author of the award-winning book, The Age of the Customer, Prepare for the Moment of Relevance. For those who haven't yet heard one of Jim's previous episodes on Growth Igniter's radio, he is one of the world's foremost experts on small business and entrepreneurship. He's the creator and host of the weekday radio program, The Small Business Advocate Show, which is on the air five days a week since 1997. And I am proud to be a member of Jim's Brain Trust for a long time now. And you can see Jim's complete bio by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 55. Jim, welcome back again to Growth Igniters Radio. Hi, Pam. Hi, Scott. How you guys doing? Doing real well, We Jim, are doing thanks. great, and you sound great today. Thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm looking forward to our visit. So let's start out by discussing the whole value of outsourcing, especially for small companies. In your book, The Age of the Customer, you call outsourcing the mother of niches. Why is that? Well, as you know, it's my nature, to, as old as I am, to go back and, and, and see the origin of things. And in the 70s, corporate America began what I call the great downsizing, and that went through the 80s. And this is where they were trying to shed expenses and operating obligations, especially payroll. They laid off a lot of folks. Many of you remember that. But but here's what happened. When, When they laid off someone, 
who used to do a major you know, a significant part of their work, that didn't mean that uh, the requirement for the job went away. They still needed that work to be done. So they downsized the job and pushed that off of their operating statement, but they brought the work back on in the form of a contract with a smaller company. Mm-hmm. And and over over the years and now the decades, all of that activity, that disruption. Remember all the disruption of all the downsizing of the seventies and eighties. All that, all the, and it was a horrible time for a lot of people. But many of those people who were downsized turned right around and created small businesses to fill the requirements of their their prior employment. And that's what has created this this growth of the small business sector over the last thirty or forty years. In fact, I'm going to say. 99% of business-to-business small businesses are outsourced companies, and basically they, they were born from the, uh, the disruption of the, of the downsizing, and, hmm. and, it, and, now we, and now we call it outsourcing. And so, Jim, how have you seen visionary leaders of small companies or large use outsourcing so that they can enable their companies to be more relevant to their well, customers as, as business conditions change? Yeah, the, the, that, that's an excellent question, Scott, because, you know, as I said, the, in the early days, it was a reaction to, to in my opinion, the, the recession of, of 74, 1974, and, in, and then the, the 81 recession and 83 recession. They were reactions, but then they became, the, the reaction and the disruption became a business practice that was making sense to for folks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so what? What they were what they were noticing was okay. Our customers really don't pay us to uh, keep our books. Our customers really don't pay us to manage our trucks. Our customers really don't pay us to to mow our yards, paint our walls. They pay us to deliver what they use. Right. And and they and and we started focusing on then on what we called the core competencies. So I have my core competencies in my business. That's what my customers pay me for. You have yours. Corporate America has theirs. So as people started realizing, wait a minute, what am I really in business for? Am I in business to be a, a uh, to have an accounting firm, or am I in business to, to be delivering products and services? And so when that was was fully understood, people started saying, okay, I'm going to focus on the things that are my core competencies. I'm going to let people who are professionals in these other areas do that work. And I'll do that in the form of contracts with them. And that's, you know, that's the motivation for outsourcing is, is to be able to focus on your core competencies. And when you do that, you can put more of your team's management and energy and engagement and your capital and, and, and your innovation behind what makes you different from your competitors and more, and more relevant to your customers. That's true. And we've also seen that another wrinkle, you talked about how outsourcing started as shedding capitalization. Uh, We're seeing uh, for businesses of many sizes that it's also now being used as a way to scale. So I want to grow bigger. Well, rather than capitalizing, I'm going to partner or outsource that. So that I can scale my business without mm-hmm. taking on additional capital obligation. That's that's exactly right. But if you'll notice, they're not scaling their core competencies. Right. right? They're right. probably sca- they're scaling the support uh, areas, and consequently, you'll see. This is where, if you go back, I'm sure plenty of research has been done on this. You'll see a company that started out as a support outsourced company for a big company turns into a, a big company. Who, who works all across the country in that outsource role. Uh, and, and so what was once a small outsource company becomes a big outsource company right. uh, mm-hmm. in support of their bigger customers. 
That's an it's an interesting thing to reflect on how it's all grown. And of course, today, outsourcing, as you put it, it's neither a fad nor a trend that it's fully proven and yeah, integrated into life. the marketplace. It, it really is. And yet it's still interesting to me that it's a struggle for many companies to decide whether to outsource or whether not to outsource. And why do you think that is? Well, a lot of it is is ego. A lot of it is control. Uh, I've been accused of being a control freak, uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm a control, maybe something else. But I, I do <laughs> like control too. Uh, you know, you have you have you noticed uh, how hard it is for a lot of people to delegate? Oh, sure. And that yep. and that they that you don't really become a, a, a an effective CEO until you can become a good delegator. Well, delegating is very much like uh, uh, accepting the outsource premise. Mm. See, because if you if you if you delegate, you got to release a little control. If you outsource, you have to yes. release a little control. And I think people who are hesitant to outsource, someone hasn't given them a proper proposal to show them the benefits and the and the exposure, you know, both sides because you yes. we're talking about the benefits. I mean, why would you why would you employ 20 people that you could have work for you under a contract with through a vendor? That would and and they'd be better prepared, better trained, and more efficient, and you could control the outcome more than if they were your employees. Why would you? Why would you even? Why would you manage a person who is managing twenty people that are not part of your core competency? If you can, if you can find competent vendors, outsourced vendors to, to to provide that service, why would you do that? Well, I think there are a lot of considerations, and and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Jim Blasingame, author of The Age of the Customer, about using different types of outsourcing to increase customer relevance. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. And if you like what you're hearing, spread the good word. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 55, and use the share links for Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at the top right of the page to tell your social media communities all about us. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Jim Blasingame, author of The Age of the Customer, Prepare for the Moment of Relevance, and host of the Small Business Advocate Show about outsourcing as a way of increasing your relationship with your customers. Jim, how can people find out more about you and your book? Well, thank you, Pam, for that. And and my website is smallbusinessadvocate.com. That's how you can find out about all the things that we do, and, and including including all the great interviews that you and I have conducted over the years <laughs> as you've been on them. my show. Uh, you're, you're, you've got a great suite of of, uh, of resources that you provided us over the years there. Uh, that's that's the, my main website. Also, my book website is ageofthecustomer.com. And, uh, you know, people may see my, my articles on uh, Forbes.com and bizjournals.com and different places like that. I'm, I'm, I get around a little bit. You sure do. 
<laughs> so, uh, and of course, you can see uh, all of this and the uh, study that we were referencing by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 55. So let's get back to our conversation, Jim. In your book, you talk about internal outsourcing. And uh, we were talking before the break, I should say, about why would somebody outsource? Well, there are reasons to outsource and reasons not to outsource. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yes. And, and uh, the, the only reason to not outsource is if you can't find a vendor that can do a better job than, than you're, you can do internally. Or if the or if the if the finance if the if the economics don't work if you can't if you find a vendor but they're too expensive you think you can do it better in house or if you or for whatever strategic reason you think you need to control that that activity then that's the reason to keep it in house but you've got to ask this question and this is the magic outsourcing question get your people together put all the things that you do uh, delivery warehouse uh, uh, purchasing accounting payables, payroll, whatever, put all those different tasks up on, on the wall. And then at each one of them, ask your, ask your member, your team members this question and then answer it honestly. Must this be done in-house? That's the magic question. And, and if you can't come up with an absolute hard and fast rule why it must be done in-house, then start looking around for someone to, uh, to do it for you so you can manage You'd, you'd rather manage a contract than you than you would twenty people or ten people or five people. So you're and talking about internal would. outsourcing in, right now. For internal, that that's for you deciding to release some of your uh, competencies, some of the requirements of your work, accounting, whatever, to an outsourced vendor. Okay. Are there times though, because we we know that there are situations where sometimes you outsource, and there are some companies that are bringing some functions back in, saying that wasn't the right function. To outsource, it's, it's, I, I'm not saying that it's hard and fast. I'm not. I'm not minimizing anyone or or or, yeah. uh, or being. Uh, you know, anybody who who doesn't want to outsource whatever that's that's their decision. I just encourage people to look at it, oh, and sure. especially small businesses. I'll give you an example, Pam. My my business. I have four employees under my roof, but I have about ten people who work for me at, through through contracts and. I couldn't do what I do in my business if it weren't for outsourcing. It's not for everybody, but it, it's 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 probably as you found out in your research, it's probably for a lot more than 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 the people who actually do it. Mm -hmm. Now, Jim, you and Pam were talking before the break about some of the reluctance that goes with outsourcing, and you know maybe I'm not sure I want to do this. One of the things that we've seen many times is that outsourcing requires a special type of leadership competence. It's not just, you know, I send it out there and mm -hmm. it gets done. That really impacts upon the quality of that internal outsourcing. Would you say that's right. true? Yes, I would. And some people are not used to managing with contracts, right? You, you know, some mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. who are more, they're, they, they just need the control and they're more, they, they would rather walk into an office of an employee or a manager and talk to them about how to do it rather than give the assignment to a vendor, to a vendor partner perhaps, through a contract, and just say, okay, I expect you to deliver and send me the bill for what you do. And then, and then periodically we'll, 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 we'll give you feedback on how you're doing and you can make adjustments and, and we'll, we'll work together as a, in, in this way under a contract. Some people aren't comfortable with working managing contracts. Yeah, well, that's true. But let's look at the other side now, the external outsourcing, as you call external, it, the, uh -huh. the people who provide the service. Part of that comfort 
has to come from them being able to be a good partner. Talk That's about right. some of those considerations, and especially related to finding and, and strengthening niches so they have a closer relationship with their customer. Well, exactly. The, the internal is an operational thing that every company needs to ask for themselves. Even, even companies who provide outsourcing services will, will have in-source uh, I mean, I'm sorry, internal uh, uh, outsourcing decisions. Outs external, what I call external outsourcing is another way of saying the an outsourced business model. Right. So mm -hmm. if you, you built a business around providing these services, just like I was telling you as we were talking earlier about the guy who got laid off from from painting as, as, at the factory he worked for for 20 years. Then he opened up a painting business and went right back to the company providing them with painting services, right? Mm -hmm. And so so that's that's what I call external outsourcing. I just use those terms to kind of make it simple to help people understand. Mm -hmm. And it's a business model. And if you're going to have that business model, you have to realize that you're providing contract services and that that it's going to have you're going to have to perform on the contract, and and you got to find a way to work with the customer in a way that that makes them comfortable, and it makes them feel like they're getting at least what they would have gotten with employees, but with more efficiency, more professionalism, more accuracy, perhaps, and maybe even save them money. So this goes back to that study that we were conducting, where we were saying at the beginning that. There was this dissatisfaction, you know, where there there wasn't that feeling that the outsource provider was relevant. How how then can we address that best? How what would you suggest? So you're saying that in the, in the study that there was dissatisfaction with what what people were finding. Yep. They uh, were saying that uh, a number of these uh, CEOs and senior executives, companies of all sizes, mm -hmm. were saying that outsourcing was not meeting their expectations as often as they wanted it to. And right. so I think it's a relationship myself. I say, it, you know, it's, it's right. not like it's not one one side or the other side. I think it's mutuality. And that was what we talked about in the study. But I'm curious about your, you know, what your take is. Well, if you remember, I talked about the fact that 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 this doesn't work if you can't find a vendor that can do this. They can do the work for you. If you can't find, I mean, these vendors don't drop out of heaven, right? You know, they're they're operated by human beings, and so sometimes you don't you you can't find a good fit. If you can't find a good fit in your area, your region, then do the work in house. That's yeah. there has the, to be an appreciation, I think, of what the vendor can do as well as the vendor appreciating the company, and it's 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 a relationship, right. really, isn't There's, it? The two things are: can you find somebody? Number one, that can do the job. Number two, are you capable of working with them under that contract relationship? And and as you said, a relationship requires two people to do the right thing. At least, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both sides, At least well, both two sides people. The, both sides of the contract, right? I mean, right. That's right. I mean, you could have a great vendor, but you could have a if you got a CEO that's reluctant to outsource, and their and their and 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 his or her managers are wanting to do this and, the, and that CEO is going to find all kinds of reasons not to do it, right? Well, that's true. There are a lot of leadership aspects to this, which we're going to explore in the next segment. Right now, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Jim Blasingame, author of The Age of the Customer, about actionable steps you can take to increase customer relevance through outsourcing. Stay with us.
So, Pam, can you tell our listeners why clients engage us to speak at events, conferences, and company offsites? They're seeking new insights for dramatically accelerating company transformation and growth, and they're also seeking new leadership insights about themselves, their teams, and their organizations so they can make bold new decisions about strategy and implementation. And, you know, it's been especially rewarding to find that some of our company offsites have resulted in breakthrough decisions that have generated as much as tenfold growth over five years. That's really satisfying to us and, of course, to our clients. So contact us today at businessadvance.com to arrange for a brief call to discuss your needs and options for helping you achieve your most important goals. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Jim Blasingame, author of The Age of the Customer and host of the Small Business Advocate Show about outsourcing as a way of increasing your relationship and relevance with your customers. Jim, tell us again, how can people find out more about you and your book? Thanks, Pam. Uh, my websites are smallbusinessadvocate.com. And the one for my book is ageofthecustomer.com. I appreciate that very much. And everything there is free except if you want to buy a book. And we'll charge you for that. But if you spend enough time on my websites, you can get almost everything in the book from the websites. So That's uh, great. we make it e- we like you guys. We make it easy for everybody to, to get what they need. That's, that's wonderful. And you can access this also by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 55. And we'll also have other episodes featuring Jim Blasing. Jim, you've been on, I think, three already. So It's been fun. I love it. I love being with you guys. It is. It's, it's great fun. And this is such an important topic, this whole mm-hmm. concept of outsourcing and staying relevant to our, our customers. So let's talk very specifically now about how to more effectively lead an outsourced relationship, uh, whether it's internal outsourcing or whether it's outsourcing as a business model. What would be the first thing you might advise? Well, I'm, I'm going to keep coming back to, from an internal standpoint, you've got to, you've got to go around asking the question, must this be done in-house? Uh, must this task be done in-house? What are our core competencies? Obviously, core competencies would be, the prime core competency would be, would be uh, uh, selling to a customer, right? Making, closing mm-hmm. the deal. I, would, I got to believe that's a core competency. But maybe there delivering. There are some companies the, actually that outsource that too. Some, some do. That would be the last one. That would be where, they, uh, Scott, they'd have to pry my cold dead fingers off that barrel, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd be holding on to that one myself. I'm, I'm such an old, an old salesman. But, uh, but, but no, you're, you're making a good point, uh, Pam. It depends on the company. But every company has their core competencies. And whatever you're known for, that's your core competencies. Whatever customers write your check for, that's your core competency. Everything else is subject to must this be done in-house. Now, on the outsource side, the external, where it's your business model, then the question I think that you got to ask customers, if you want to find, if you want to become more relevant to them with regard to how you would serve them, just ask them the simple question, where's your pain? Tell me where, you're st- where are you stuck? Where's your pain? If, you, if you've got a customer who's doing business with suppliers, for example, and, and you'd like to be a little bit more integrated, then you could, you could say, okay, where's your pain? And they would say, well, 
It's not in buying riches. I can get all the riches I want. The problem is uh, managed and inventoried and, and, and out on the floor where, we, where my guys need them. And then you would say, okay, we can solve that problem. We have those services. Find out where their pain is beyond just buying stuff. Because more and more people need help with their systems between the products, the, 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 the connective tissue between the products. That's where they need help. And, for example, they, they may not know how to hire the right people to do a certain thing in a certain industry. If that's your industry, you know exactly how to hire the right people. And you can deliver those people wherever they need it uh, better than they can. And you, and you show that, them that in a proposal. So the ability to really have a rich conversation and to get to some of those insights, to create the trust that will allow the customer to open up, that's a real key part of this effective external outsourcing. No question. And that's the reason why, Pam, I, call, I, would, I would say that, that that's, sales, that's what sales people do. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what the, 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 the nurturers do. And that's the reason I would say that would not be outsourced. In my, okay. in, my, in my business, that would never be outsourced, but as much as I'm a devo- devotee of this. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, Scott. The, the idea is that I want to call on you, and I want to say, okay, tell me about your business. Tell me where your pain is. Tell me where you're stuck. You ask any CEO those two questions, where's your pain? Where are you stuck? You're going to, find, you're going to get some, some information you can use. Do you think, Jim, that there would also be value, uh, especially when we're talking about visionary CEOs, where somebody might ask, what are your dreams? You know, where are you trying to go? Yeah. What, where, what are you trying to provide for your customers so you can stay more relevant to them? I know you talk That's, about this in your book so much, mm-hmm. you know, helping yeah. you, them to help their customers. Well, that's exactly right. You just asked, what are your dreams? My dream is to double my, my, the size of my company in the next three years. Okay, what's holding you back? Well, the, the people quotient of this whole thing. I'm having to, I can't find the right people. Well, why would you focus on all the people when all the people you need aren't part of your core competency? Why don't you focus on finding the right people in your core competencies? Let me focus on finding the people in my core competencies. Now I've taken on part of your work. And it's an example of, of, of healing your pain, of, of getting you unstuck. Okay, so we've, we've talked about looking for things you can outsource, do internal outsourcing. We've looked at talking to your customer. What's a, a third practical thing that people can do? Well, I think that every organization has its own culture, and there are all, in, in cultures, there are uh, firewalls. And if you believe that, that there's opportunity to be more relevant to customers, if you could be a little more versatile, a little more, a little more uh, uh, nimble, especially with your core competencies, if you, could, if you believe that that's the case and you're not getting it done, then maybe you've got some firewalls in your organization and you probably need to start looking internally and saying, okay, um, you know, what, what's, our, what's our culture? Is our culture... Uh, uh, such that we feel we must do everything in-house? Or is our culture more innovative and more receptive of being more uh, more versatile and uh, bringing the company into, more into what I call the age of the customer? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that really takes us back because we're talking about the fact that it's a relationship at its core. It's mm-hmm. a relationship and everybody on both sides bears accountability for making sure that they're easy to do business with and work together. It's a different kind of workflow, and mm-hmm. you've described it so well. Jim, any uh, final thoughts you can 
leave with us with regard to leading an outsourced organization to stay relevant to customers? The two main areas of, of obstacles are the leadership and the staff. And you may have obstacles in either place. And make sure that the leadership is on board and then make sure that your staff are on board. And, and, and uh, if, you, if you can't, if you don't feel that they are, I would recommend that you not try to outsource until the team is comfortable with it because otherwise you're probably going to be unsuccessful. So everybody has to be ready for it. Everybody has to be uh, of a mindset then where they're able to effectively engage in this relationship, a new way of working. Yeah. For example, if your CFO's paradigm is, I have to manage 20 accountants and and that person can't say, I'm okay with managing a contract for, for that work, then you got a problem with your CFO. Well, Jim, this is a lot of food for thought. And as always, thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you for having me. I've always enjoyed being with you guys. You do great work, and and I'm proud of you. Thanks. And same to you, Jim. Thanks so much. And thank you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, find out about upcoming episodes, read Jim's bio, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 55. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss. So how can we apply outsourcing as a strategy to increase our relevance to customers in this dynamic business environment? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.